In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Today we are going to be talking about limiting beliefs in your career and business. And we've got a lot to go over with this. I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah, this was actually really almost therapeutic for us to write notes on when we were thinking about this podcast because we certainly had a lot of limiting beliefs. And once we sort of realized it with pelvic sanity, it has really helped us to move forward quicker than we were moving before. And we were moving fast before. Yes. But speaking of a limiting belief that is true, registration for your, (laughs) like that segue? No. Captain segue over here. Oh God. Registration for your down training masterclass closes, if you guys are listening to this on Thursday, Thursday at noon Pacific time. So we can get everybody organized and get everybody in. If you're going to be watching it live, it's going to be tonight, Thursday night, 6 o'clock Pacific. We've sent out emails with all of that stuff. Most people will probably be catching it on the replay. It's just really hard to find a time where everybody's available. So don't worry if you can't make it live. But if you're listening to this in the morning, you still have a little bit of time, perhaps. Perfect. We hope to see you there. And if you do happen to be on it live, I am excited for the question and answer section that we will be doing it live. And if you happen to be catching it on replay, you will have access to that question and answer session. So excited about it. Hopefully it goes well. I always get, I actually always get a little bit nervous about this, you guys, because I feel like this is like a wonderful idea and I have a really fun time. Like it's been brewing in my head for a really long time. I actually got it all down, ready to roll. And then it's all about like, I still have a little bit of anxiety to be like, God, I hope people like think this is good. I hope this helps people. I hope that I still do have a little bit of that. Just FYI, just putting it out there. Right. I don't know. It's, that should never really go away, should it? That's like the pregame jitters in front of a big game. Yeah. You know, I used to every single time, well, when I played for sure had that, but even as a referee, right before the ball was tipped, I always got super nervous. And sometimes I'm actually throwing up the ball to start the game. And then what's really funny is that that happens to me before I hit like go live, sometimes on podcasts, certainly on these master classes and when I'm recording for courses or when we actually make it accessible and available to you guys, I'm like, okay, here we go. And then it's like, as soon as the ball's tipped, it's like, okay, that's done. Now game on. Let me turn on this freaking show. Perfect. So speaking of game on and turning on this freaking show, we are going to dive into limiting beliefs. Segway number two of this episode. But I wanted to start this one off with a story that you guys may have heard before, but I love this story and I think it perfectly illustrates and there's so many examples that we can find of how limiting beliefs limit us. I mean, that's literally in the name. And the story is of Roger Bannister, who is the first person to run faster than a four minute mile. 
And this was something that runners had been chasing for 70 plus years. Ever since they can kind of record how quickly they were running these times, everybody had been chasing this mythical four minute mile. And people, a lot of people, physicians, people had come out and said like, this is not physically possible for the human body to do. And this had been pursued for so long. The person everybody thought was going to do it was this amazing professional Australian runner. He had just finished a race 1954 in four minutes or four minutes and two seconds and said, you know, somebody might break this record someday, but it, it definitely is not going to be me. I don't think I can physically make that happen. And then shortly after that, Roger Bannister went out, a, a not even a professional runner, goes out, breaks the four minute mile. And not even, it was like 41 days later, that guy who said that he couldn't do it, that it couldn't be done, broke it himself. And then over the next few decades, more than 200 people, the floodgates just opened and all of a sudden everybody, it seemed like, was breaking the four minute mile. This this thing that everybody had once thought was just absolutely impossible for the human body to do. And it just shows that once somebody showed that you could do it, all of a sudden that cap was off for everybody. And his record got broken again and again and again. And now high schoolers are doing that. And it's just crazy what a belief like that can do when we don't think something can be done. And we see that so often now that we're looking for it in our own business. We see it in our mentees and we challenge it in our mentees. But this is something I think is extremely powerful and something we don't talk about enough, I think. Totally. And I feel like it's two things. It's both our personal limiting beliefs, like what are we telling ourselves? And then what are other people telling us that we can't do? So in this example, right? Roger Bannister and all of these physicians were basically saying, oh, it's not physically possible. And I'm sure at some point when everybody's failing at doing the thing, then they're thinking like, oh yeah, that isn't physically possible. I can't do that. Just like that guy that was supposed to break it didn't because he was telling himself he probably couldn't because other people were telling him that he probably couldn't. So I don't know. It's like a self, you end up having this like self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes. And we're going to share some experiences about how we, uh, some of our limiting beliefs and how we sort of have broken them and how we're now identifying them faster so that we can get over it. Because we're not going to necessarily stop those limiting beliefs, but we need to catch ourselves when we have them or when someone else is imposing their limiting beliefs on us and just knock that shit right down. That's when it's dangerous is when we have them and we don't even realize that they're there. That's the most dangerous type. I mean, if we know that that's there, we can address it. We can think about it. We can determine, hey, is this really a thing? When we don't know it's there, we're, we're hitting this wall that we, we don't even see coming. And that's the, the real challenge of these. So this is all about overcoming some of those limiting beliefs. One of the big ones that was there when we started up Pelvic Sanity about five years ago was just that the belief that a multi-clinician cash practice wouldn't work. We had so many people telling us there, there was never going to be able to grow beyond myself. I was never going to be able to set up the practice and help more people because I was always going to be the one that had to provide the service at Pelvic Sanity if I was going to be successful. And that still... like. I don't still believe that, obviously, but that still gets me because I'm like, damn it, I let other people like dictate that for a while. And the other thing is, is that I saw my my former boss also 
just totally caved to that limiting belief when she started to, she was still out of network, but they did all of the balance billing stuff where you still, you're out of network, but you bill insurance for the patient and you get the worst of both worlds with that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, that's a different podcast. It's part of the evolution though of people when they were talking about cash, because this is part of the problem with limiting beliefs when they're being put on by people who are not doing the thing, who don't really understand. But at first people said, cash PT isn't possible. No one would actually pay real dollars to see somebody who's going to fix their pelvic floor problems, which sounds outrageous now that we are, you know, that's the thing about limiting beliefs is once you break past them, they seem silly in retrospect. Like, of course, what would you be willing, maybe people are willing to pay a crap ton of money for stupid things. And, you know, (laughs) for shoes, you pay $500 for a really nice pair of shoes, but somebody wouldn't pay $500 to be out of pelvic pain. Yeah, like that seriously. is crazy, right? But that was the first objection. Oh, no one would ever do that. You can't break free from the insurance model. Well, then people started doing that and they said, well, okay, fine. You can, you know, any one great person can, can break free, but you could never hire somebody else. No one would ever come and see somebody who's not the owner at a cash practice. So that was a huge one. And back then there weren't very many examples for us to look to of people who were doing that. And especially not of people who are doing it and then talking about what they were doing and sharing their information with other people. There may have been people out there. We had no Roger Bannisters. Right. (laughs) Uh, And the crazy thing is, after thinking that way for so long and then breaking through that ourselves, now we're in teaching people in our rising mentorship group, like 11 of our people, 11 out of the 50 already are multi-clinician practices. Already. And we have probably another, I would say five, six, seven, maybe that will be hiring in in the next couple months. Which is crazy, but it's just one of those things where you now are seeing other people break through that barrier and the floodgates open and that limiting belief is gone. And it's actually really interesting from our perspective to know our timeline, that this is this becomes really meta, to know our timeline, to know what limiting beliefs we had so that we don't impose a timeline on our mentees also. Because there's people that are hiring multi-clinicians after being in business for three months, six months. And we have to almost catch ourselves to be like, whoa, 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 is that too fast? And it's like, well, if the numbers are there and it's less like, you know, we right. have to, we have some objective things that we want to make sure people hit, but just because we didn't do it that fast doesn't mean that it's not the right move for somebody else. And so that's really been kind of an eye opening experience for us too, to make sure that our own limiting beliefs don't become, even though we broke through them, become solidified in our story. It's like Roger Bannister watching somebody break his own record. It's like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually kind of funny because every once in a while we're like, God dang. Maybe you're not growing too fast. Maybe we, in the back in the day, were growing too slow, <laughs> which is really what we're starting to realize, right? That we were we being were. held back by some of these beliefs. Another one of these that we had was that everybody needed to see Nicole. And that's really related to that multi-clinician piece. But people aren't going to come to see somebody junior at a cash practice. People aren't going to be willing to see are the first person that we hired. Yeah, this is seriously one that, that runs deep, man. And there are times, even still, Jesse and I will have conversations where I will be like, well, you know, that person is really complex and like, maybe it would be good to like, put them on my schedule. And it's like, no, 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 that is not necessary. It really isn't. Because if I'm doing my job as a good mentor for my staff clinicians, then 
that is good enough. They're freaking awesome. They're amazing. And it's hard though, a little bit when you like have, I mean, just a little bit of that ego comes in actually. Well, that held us back. I think one of the big ways that held us back was that you didn't decrease your hours from 40 patient visits for a long time. For a long time. And we're telling our people to be starting to think about that the moment you start thinking about hiring. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like that, and you almost like, it's weird. You almost like start to take pride in those limiting beliefs as well, because that became some of our narrative. We still talk about on the podcast. Oh, Nicole used to see 45. My record was 48 patients. I mean, that's all true. That doesn't mean that that was right for the business. That is true. I worked my ass off and that becomes part of a successful narrative of pelvic sanity. But it was a limiting belief that that didn't allow us to grow faster because as soon as I started to decrease my patient hours, then the business, pelvic sanity business, the pelvic PT rising started to just take off and it still fulfills our mission. And sometimes it's hard for patients. The patients that I've been seeing for a really long time, they're, you know, oh, I I can't see anybody else. And that's their limiting belief as well. And so, yes, you can. And at the end of the day, it's going to have to be happening because for our broader mission, that's what we need to be doing. Another big one. This was a huge one for a long time. And this is a great example of a belief, a limiting belief that was actually true for a while, but that we couldn't find a good PT. And we couldn't find the person with the experience that we wanted, that we couldn't find, that we couldn't find anybody really, and that we weren't going to go with the unethical route, which some people around us seem to like, of going and trying to poach people from other places. We wanted to bring in somebody who wanted to learn. That was a huge limiting factor. We were always running a huge wait list because we couldn't hire enough qualified, good physical therapists. And I think the time where this broke through is... I think it was really right after COVID and we were hiring and we put something ad out there and all of a sudden we started getting responses from all of the country, people who wanted to come out and actually work with us. It was from New York, from Minnesota, from Florida, from Georgia, a traveling PT. I don't even know where the heck she was applying from. Yeah, was she was like, like applying from the abyss. Right. But seriously though. But we but realized that... that that was no longer the biggest limiting factor in our business. Like we could actually hire the number of people that we wanted to. And I think too, that there's a, a little bit of an evolution of uncovering the limiting belief, right? Like I feel like we knew that there were, the field was growing, there were more public PTs, but then to actually believe it is different and actually act as if we believe it is also different. Right. You can have the intellectual knowledge, but at some point you have to to really start to feel it in your bones to actually trust that. And that Uh, has completely changed the way that we hire. It's completely changed the way we advertise. I mean, I used to think that Oh, I, I had to, be, it needed to be somebody that already lived in LA or Orange County or even San Diego. Like that was the pool that we were going from. And it's like, well, they're already established someplace and then they're going to be over here and then they only want to do hospital base. And like all of a sudden, it's just like, just stop that. Just stop it. What if we could be drawing from all over the place? And then we saw that to be true. And now it's like, it's on. By the way, pelvic sanity is hiring. Always. always hiring. (laughs) We can't expand in our current location. And that's been a big thing for us now with this expansion project and a limiting, I don't want to say necessarily a limiting belief. Maybe it is a little bit of a belief, but we were limited in our space. And that really felt like it put a cap on the number of people we could see, how big the facility could grow. And it it really led to us, I think, taking our foot off the gas a little bit of, well, why are we going to continue to market and continue to hire if our facility can't support some of that. 
And then all of a sudden we go to our manager and, and our landlord and all of a sudden like, well, we're doubling our space. We might even be tripling our space that's, yeah, <laughs> if actually. we think about how that's going. But the other thing about that, the other even like actual limiting belief is that this is a, actually a perfect example where there's a hallway in our office and that like kind of runs into another suite that used to be connected. And we always thought that like, oh, if we're going to expand, then that person would have to move. We would have to talk to that person. We'd have to buy that person out of their lease. And we were never really ready to do that. And all of a sudden, when we actually went to our landlord and was like, okay, this is it. Like we are now growing beyond where we are. And like, we're going to need to do something. And then she was like, oh, by the way, you can go this other way too. And it was something that we had never even thought of. It was never on our radar. I didn't even understand. It's like, wait, what? Wait, there's a hallway there also that's behind a wall. And she was like, oh yeah. Well, not yet, but we can blast one well, through. Right. And all this, that's, isn't that perfect, right? Not yet, but we could blast one through. So it's like, ah, interesting. Like didn't even think that we could. I was, I was resigned to having to like, we're going to have to move our entire space. Like we're going to have to find a whole different location, like all of that. And it's like, that was an example of a limiting belief. Not only could we not grow beyond our current space, but that it had to be this one way if it was going to happen. And that just isn't true. And now we're freaking doubling, maybe even tripling the size of pelvic sanity. And it's like, booyah. Right. That's no longer going to be our limiting belief. And it will never be a limiting belief. Now, if we bust through that, it'll just be like, cool, what do we do next? Like, what other building do we take over? Like, there's no, that really now shatters any other really excuse that we have to not grow. It's like, there is always an answer. Another big one that hit us for a long time is we couldn't afford a front desk person. Trying to hang on to control for too long, where we were afraid to hire somebody. We didn't think that people could do as good of a job at the job as we could. Yeah, that's a good one. And right, so that was all. I mean, it wasn't going to be worth it. And then, like, we we oh, like, and even the limiting belief that like we are were still so early in our business that we still needed to be frugal with money and that kind of stuff. And there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into deciding whether or not it's right to hire a front desk admin staff. But, but now we're telling everybody you can't afford not to have some admin help because totally. that is so valuable as you're growing. It gives you your time back. It gives you the ability to grow, to not have your business be running when you're not there. Now we want to hire a second front desk person and we waited too long for that. And so it's another limiting belief of, hey, oh, this team member is going to be a liability or it's going to be so hard to train them that it's not worth doing. And in reality, like those people are invaluable. That is what is fueling the success of pelvic sanity. It's not necessarily me sitting at the desk answering the phone day after yeah, day. Yeah, in fact, that is detrimental right. right now, right? It used to be awesome and it's great that now we can train our staff because you have the experience, but that was happening for way too long. Way too long. And then we would have grown again so much faster had we not. So that was just another limiting belief. And so we look back at kind of the history of pelvic sanity, a little retrospective look. It's littered with these limiting beliefs that all held us back in some form or fashion. Some for years, some not, some weren't as big of a deal. Some we ended up being a little bit grateful for that we had to learn and work through. But all of that was was limiting beliefs. And that's one of the things that's the most fun for us in our mentorship group of identifying those for our people and blasting through them. Yeah, and seeing them, actually seeing the same limiting beliefs that we had in other people and then really helping them to come quickly 
to the fact that that is a limiting belief. And yes, we together are going to freaking blast through that shit. It's yes. really fun. And it's helped us also, like I said before, to be able to identify. And that's really, as we go into some of the takeaways here, one of the biggest takeaways that I want everybody to think about that, it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to have a solution for that limiting belief right away, but you certainly have to at least challenge the assumption that that's true. Yes, I think that's huge. Where this is something where a lot of times we can test it. If we see that there's a limiting belief, oh, we can't hire anybody. There's not anybody around who wants to work here. Well, cool. Put out an ad. Let's find let's out. Try. <laughs> let's try. Let's put something out on Instagram. Let's start talking to local schools and see if they have any alumni who would be interested, right? Can we actually test any of our limiting beliefs? And I think that's a huge one because there are some limiting beliefs that are true. And we can acknowledge that like, there might be a situation where you really can't afford to hire a front desk person right away. It's not saying like, oh, everybody just needs to go out and get help immediately. But is that actually a true statement? Have we actually run the numbers? Have you done a budget? Do you have an idea of how much money that person is going to help you make? A lot of times we haven't really done the full analysis of any of these things. So that's the biggest thing for us is identify the limiting beliefs, number one. So that's our first challenge to you guys is to be thinking about what limiting beliefs do you hold right now? What is actually holding you back? Yeah. And these can sometimes think they can sort of surface in if you say like, oh, I can't do blank or that will never work or those types of phrases, if they start to creep into your little brains or even out loud, then then that's something that you want to be like, ooh, hold on a second. Is that true? It's actually one of the reasons why, and we're going to go into a whole clinical limiting belief section, but that's sometimes why it's great sometimes to talk to people outside of your field also, because we can sometimes be an echo chamber for people as well. So it's like you're talking to other PTs and they're like heard the quote unquote the same thing you did. And now all of a sudden you guys are just going back and forth on the enforcing each other's limiting beliefs. This negative feedback loop right with all that. And it's like, well, they probably heard it from the same place you heard it because we're all following the same people on social (laughs) media, right? So that's a great way to think of it. The other thing that you can do if you're having a hard time identifying your limiting beliefs is imagine where you want to be in two years. Think about that perfect situation. And then ask yourself, well, why can't I get there? What's holding me back from getting there? And all of a sudden, those limiting beliefs are going to start pouring out. Pop up, yeah. Right? So identify them, test them to see if they're actually true or if it's something that is just a limiting thing that's holding you back. And then finally, once we've kind of figured it out, smash through them. That's it. Smash freaking through them. That's really the only way to go because you can't go around these limiting beliefs. No. And if you do happen to find a way that you're going around them, they will come back and bite you in the ass at some other later date. So you might as well just hit it head on, figure out what the hell you are thinking negatively about yourself that's stopping you from doing something and then just blast through it. One of the other final pieces of the limiting beliefs that we hear from so many people is that... I don't know if somebody, if I can be successful at a cash pay practice where I live or in this area. So man, if you are thinking of starting a freaking thing, we have had people literally all over the country and even into Canada, like just blast through some of those limiting beliefs. Like people won't pay for cash services. In my town, insert place here. Insert any place here for all of these crazy reasons that... Uncle Joe is telling you, it's like, you know what? 
No, that's their limiting belief that's going on to you. And then you're starting to believe it. And you better knock that shit down if you want to be an entrepreneur. Yes, absolutely. And there are, that's a great way to end this. I think that's 100% true about, that is a false limiting belief and one that holds a lot of people back from doing what they want to do. And then the thing would be is like, well, what else is limiting there? Now, that might not be the right thing for you to do with your family situation, your time, your stress levels, like all the rest of that. But don't let that limiting factor be the thing that's making that decision for you. So as you guys are thinking about this and identifying these and asking yourself if they're true and then hopefully blasting through some of them, we really hope you'll reach out. Let us know what some of these are. We're going to be putting up a Facebook post about this or an Instagram post about it. But feel free to shoot us an email. We love getting those emails from you guys. Let us know what those limiting beliefs are that you're uncovering and how you are breaking through them. This is insanely important if we're going to continue to grow as people, as business owners. And as in- pelvic PTs, as the profession. All, all of, of it. it. All of it. So as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. We love having you on. And let's keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.